And just like that, we're back, okay, with another episode of Off The Record Podcast. Today is Monday, and you're here with your boy, your illustrious host, DJ Academics. Now, I don't know why I got a double cup, number one. Um, first of all, could people explain why the double cup was even a thing? I got Red Bull in here, so it's nothing, right? But um, why was double cup ever a thing? Like, I just can't understand why even Wayne, like, somebody put me on game. I'm probably missing something. Like, why wasn't one cup good enough? Like, damn, why the fuck you had to have two? Um, anyway, um, I do want to start off by addressing something real quick, okay? I think I've done it before, but I'm going to do it again. Let me put this out there. For everybody who is wondering and waiting and keeps saying, act when you finna change the set, act when you finna do this, when you about to switch it up, listen, motherfuckers, okay? I ain't changing shit, all right? Let me put this out there because see, everybody else want to tell me what to do with my podcast, right? Off the Record is a solo podcast. This ain't academics and a ton of stooges. This ain't academics and another nigga. This ain't academics and whoever else, okay? The reason why my set is designed this way is because this is a solo podcast. And by the way, I'm going to start this off with a probably 20-minute monologue. You won't see a motherfucker here. You know why? I'm going to be doing the heavy lifting of the show. I'm going to have people on to have discussions because I like to be challenged. But some of y'all really came here fucked up thinking I'm supposed to be just... Yo, you're too far from the guest. Fuck a guest. I don't want to have a guest here. You know how I designed this? I thought about my Twitch. When I'm on Twitch, I'm on my computer desk, cool in my gamer chair. You know what I mean? Doing my thing. I don't need a motherfucker. I'm just going in. So when I'm here making my set, I'm like, hey, there's going to be a lot of times that there isn't a guest. So you know what? I thought about it like this, okay? And I told the designer this. Yo, make my set where... It resembles like a Colin Cowherd show. Not, not not too much newsy, but I am the news guy in hip-hop, right? So who cares if it's like kind of a news desk? So stop getting mad at my desk. What was that? I'm going to put like, like action figures on the desk. Relax. We're going to get there. But also, uh, it was like Colin Cowherd and, and um, John Stewart. I love, like, I love John Stewart's show. The Daily Show, I loved it. I just thought it was amazing content, right? And for me, what you guys are going to realize is that you, when you're tuning in, you're tuning in for me, dog. Like, don't come over here trying to see who I'm talking to. Like, I ain't talking to a motherfucking soul, okay? And I'm probably going to start doing this on Mondays and Wednesdays. Straight me, okay? So if you came for some other bullshit, you should hit the fucking dough, all right? That's straight up, man, okay? Yo, people, I might be one day closer to getting the goddamn vaccine. Right now, I'm in between Pfizer and Johnson & Johnson, but people keep telling me that Johnson & Johnson basically just doing open experiments on people. Apparently, they're giving out a different dose every day. We keep hearing people, arm not working, leg kind of itching. I'm kind of good off J&J, okay? The only thing I like with Johnson & Johnson, I like the baby lotion for whatever reason I use it. Anyway, I think I'm about to get a vaccine, people. I just told y'all I, I, I got to get it. Now, some of y'all, I seen the DMs. Yo, act why you finna do it. Don't do it. Reconsider. Read some literature. But we didn't test it enough. Man, shut the fuck up. Okay? Listen, as much of a skeptic, skeptic I am, just like most of y'all, as much of, you know, you don't trust the government, whatever the case is, y'all haven't provided me enough proof to not take it. As I know, or I believe, is proof of what it won't do. So it's, it, to me, it's like, it either ain't gonna do nothing, but it ain't going to kill you. At this point, let me just give you real life situations. I've had almost like a reoccurring cold for the last eight months. What the fuck going on with that? 
I'm taking this motherfucker, okay? Secondly, I really believe I had COVID four to five times. Thirdly, it's getting to the point where you can't really go out nowhere in New York City without having, like, some vaccine card. You know what I mean? Like, shit. And by the way, yo, I did it, like, you know, full transparency. We did an episode with Savage. It's coming out Wednesday. Wednesday, 21 Savage episode is coming out. Even 21 Savage, he was like, bro, of course I'm vaccinated. The fuck going on? Like, for people who are so anti-vaccines, it's in third, you need to know what's going on in your body? Shut up. Y'all niggas be vaping. Y'all don't even know what that is. Okay, y'all be doing all type of shit. Y'all niggas is like, y'all niggas is copping pills that's laced with all type. Like, you niggas really don't know what's, what you're putting in your body. Also, if you're just anti-vaccines, because I hate needles. Hate needles. Okay? Yo, I'm an immigrant. Before I came over here, like, they had to fucking inject me with a whole bunch of stuff. It was that or don't come at all. Like, that was just the rules. So, again, while I share some skepticism about the vaccine and how efficient it is, it does seem to be a general consensus that it will help with symptoms. COVID going to be here forever, people. Okay? But at least if something could help with some goddamn symptoms... I think I'm going to just take it, bro, and also for my family. Anyway, I'm going to still read whatever y'all got to say about the COVID vaccine. Y'all could keep sending me whatever y'all think. Give me the science to it, okay? But for right now, I'm one day closer to taking it, and I'm leaning towards, I think they say Pfizer, okay? Um, I'll give y'all a re- weekend recap. And by the way, I'm going to build out some segments, but chill out for now. I know y'all got a whole time. Yo, Aquatic TV not on. Relax, nigga. It's a weekend. Motherfucker, like, what, what the fuck you want? <laughs> So weak motherfucking in. I could have done this podcast at the crib right where I did the stream, but I said, no, let me step up the production value. Now I keep hearing bitching and moaning. Shut up. Okay. We're going to get there. Okay. Um, yo, I don't even know why. So this is like, I'm just really drinking Red Bull. But um, I don't know why uh, I got a double cup. I don't know. They got styrofoam cups out there. So I just grabbed uh, a double cup. Why was that even a thing? Somebody explain to me why just legitimately, other than signaling to the police and other people or trying to be cool, you would just make it where a double cup, which it makes no use or no sense to have two cups, would mean you're like sipping some type of lean or whatever. Anyway, um, this weekend, I can tell you what I did. And I came to a little bit of realization. All right. And y'all tell me if maybe the memes are true. Not memes, but like this is like the auto bot response to everything. I had another, you know, you know, moment of clarity to say, damn, I don't think I'm close to wanting kids. Not yet. First of all, every time I'm around kids, people are like, yo, hey, hold my kid. And I'm like, yo, have you seen there's a video floating around of young and ace like holding a baby that you're trying to teach him? Not everybody goes good with kids. Not everybody think kids are just fucking all, all, like adorable to center. Me, I don't want to be nowhere near your baby. Like, <laughs> like I don't want to be nowhere near your baby. Like, I'm not a hold a baby. I'm not a hold a head. Like, leave me alone. Also, it made me realize, and for the people who ain't ready for ha- to have kids yet, being around other people's kids will reaffirm that you ain't ready to have kids. Okay, you're gonna either have two responses, and I was, and I went to like this birthday party for my homie's um, cousin actually, and. For some people, it's like, oh, like they were so like this adorable feeling and warm lushness like took over their body. Like they can't wait to. So now they're discussing and you, they start looking at their significant other sitting next to them like, you know, it's time. We got to do that. Right. And for me, like I feel almost repulsed. I'm like, oh, 
oh, yo, get this kid away from me, man. Get this kid away from me. Oh, my God. And, and the reason why, because, of course, yes, at some point, I do want to have a family. and I do want to pass on the legacy of what academics is. But let's just be clear, at least on my behalf. You know, I've looked at people who have ascended to the top of their field. And at the very top and the best, I've always felt that while getting to that top, those people have neglected family. And and that could come in a lot of ways. Some people just never had kids, okay? Like, I just found out, like, recently, um, like, Stephen A. Smith had kids. You know, I, I was talking to Charlemagne, um, and he was talking about just my approach to certain shit, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, yo, act the way, the, the reason why you could do what you do is you don't have like a, like a family and kids at this moment. And it did kind of crystallize a couple of things to me. I'm like, damn, that is true. Like I couldn't just have these odd sleeping hours, just wake up in constant go motion, this and third, not even really care about just things that kind of do matter in the grand scheme of things. Like, you know, Spending time, people's feelings, this and third. It's just like I move more like a machine. By the way, I think that's why I'm, I'm so kind of bad around kids because, like, I don't know how to transition. But I, but I look at all these people and, and I felt like whether they, they either didn't have kids, right, which they prioritize their career first, right? Um, I mean, even Oprah, in a sense, like, you know, she's, I felt like she prioritized her career over family life, truth be told. Either that, even Nikki. Nikki had a kid at, at a, I would consider a later age than what most people would think is normal, okay? But I think she prioritized her career up until this point. She's one of the best that ever did it, right? And then I think it's, so it's people who either didn't have kids or then some people who have kids young, but then they're just bad parents, you know what I mean? Because, again, at least in the field that I'm in, like, you got to be all over the place. It's, yo, it's hard to spend time with a significant other, much less a kid who needs way more nurturing time spent. So I do think at some point I'll be able to balance it. But for me at this point, I just ain't there. I ain't there yet. But other than that, weekend was cool. Um, did uh, We did an episode with 21 Savage. I pretty much worked. So the 21 Savage episodes coming out were cool. And I was thinking about going to Governor's Ball. And I was like, I looked at the lineup. There was a couple cool people um, performing. The baby's actually back on festival. So salute to him. But other than that, I didn't really do much. Now, this was the weekend of Young Boy. This is a Young Boy weekend. Everybody was talking about NBA Young Boy, NBA Young Boy. And by the way, sincerely, Kentrell dropped on all streaming platforms. I was going to do a streaming party on Twitch. I could not do it. The reason why is that I was busy doing some other stuff, you know? And I was filming an episode with, which was the Friday episode, and it was an episode with uh, Mario, a.k.a. Annoying TV, and Silky, which a lot of you guys like. A lot of you guys like it. Now, I also, I like to give y'all the behind the scenes or like the full 360 view of, you know, podcasting in general. So I seen a lot of people like that, right? The first episode we did with, you know, Leaf and uh, my man YK, I was like, y'all don't like that shit. You know what I mean? Like, blah, blah, they don't know too much about this, blah, blah. Like, they're not natural broadcasters. Here's the difficulty of doing this off the record podcast with me being the only recurring host. Chemistry. Most podcasts you like, you've probably listened to hundreds of episodes and listen to them on air, figure out when to talk, when to let the other person talk, when to crack a joke, when to fall back, let the other person take their lead to flush out a point, 
All these things have happened over hundreds of episodes. Sometimes, and actually most times, these hosts of these other podcasts, like they actually, they're mad cool in real life. So they're around each other in real life. So that synergy kind of gets transferred on camera. What I'm doing here, and I'm having different guests all the time. And by the way, I look at Rogan who does it. Really difficult, but he brings on a lot of professionals. So he brings on a lot of professionals and he kind of does a podcast slash interview for the most part. And he's learning a lot because he'll bring on people from different, you know, fields. It's super hard. And again, even what Rogan does too, right? It's super hard to do a podcast with someone new each and every episode. So I say that to say you might have an episode like the Rich the Kid one. Then I come back with another episode like the one with the homies on Friday. It's going to be like that because, again, even though I'm going to make this a staple, I'm going to start off with monologues. Y'all watch SNL. I'm going to kick it just like that. A lot of y'all watch me on Twitch. and I know y'all want me to go berserk all the time, but, you know, I'm here to have meaningful discussions, and that's why I'm inviting people on it. And actually, we do have a guest today, too. So I know you're watching me right now like, yo, damn, Ak, is it just you? No. I have a guest today, but I got to set the tone. This ain't the podcast you're going to show up to and be like, yo, yo, why are you so far from the guest? If you're thinking about the guest, leave with the guest after the episode, too. That's just how it goes, right? I want people who come here for conversation that they could, you know, digest and think about and also react to, okay? See, that's that cold right there, man. I'm telling you, man, getting that vaccine. I'm getting that vaccine. Anyway, um, young boy drops his project. A lot of people are saying it's a breath of fresh air. Okay, we've been talking about Kanye, Donna for the last, like, month. And truth be told, I, 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 I think young boy got classics. AI young boy 2 is a classic. Top is a classic. This album sounds pretty good, but I can't even go near that. And by the way, like, how, yo, how microwave era are we when we got to call an album, a classic three days after it comes out, right? And I know you're, you're probably saying, yo, Ak, you're the exact definition of that. You're a hypocrite. You said that about Drake's album. Now, I'm walking back that point on Drake's album a little bit, okay? Um, do I think that CLB was a classic? Too early to say, okay? Too early to say. I definitely jumped the gun, and it's because I was anticipating a lot. I'm sorry. I, I can admit it. But um, it's too early to say. You know, uh, I think it's a really good album. I think people wanted me to call CLB mid. I don't think it's mid. I like album cuts, and I actually don't like a bunch of features. So that's what I didn't like, but I also like a bunch of album cuts. Anyway, um, Young Boys joins uh, out, and pretty much, I think it's good. I think it's good. We have to analyze Young Boys' just effect on the culture and the youth. And it's something that when you look at it, and I said this on my stream, I said before... Young boy, and we have to exclude a few people. Let's exclude Uzi. I don't even think these are the two I need to be excluded because I don't think they would fit the bill. I said Juice Roll in 6'9 in 2018, 2017 and 2018. The only other artists, young artists, that had the youth in the palm of their hands that anything they say could do could affect that group of, of people and cause them to do whatever. Is XXX Tentacion. I really think that Young Boy's influence is that great. Now, I'm not saying it's at the level where X was because I really think X was starting a cult, hundred percent. But I do think what Young Boy's fans, I, Young Boy fans, are basically gangster barbs. 
like these are the gangster niggas in their teens who act like barbs because like they're gonna spam why be better why be better they're gonna troll they're gonna do all that type of stuff but they're still steppers okay that's <laughs> that's pretty much what they say anyway um 155 he has a legit he's supposed to sell 155 first week right 155,000 he's gonna be competing with Drake's fourth week and you might be like damn like that's not a big deal but if you think about the people who have sold less than um, what young boys expected to sell and how commercial or how much they do in terms of you know dropping music in terms of you know doing interviews they're way more you know public facing and they Look like they're trying to, you know, sell records. Young boy looks like he's not trying to sell records. It just happens. It's impressive. And that's where I look at the comparison between Lil Nas X. Man, Lil Nas X was on the VMAs. This nigga was popping his booty, twerking, doing splits. You know what I mean? He was doing naked backflips. Kissed like 45 dudes. You know what I mean? He then claimed he got himself pregnant. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Him and Jack Harlow, you know what I mean? Playing reach around games. Like, come on. Now, listen, uh, for, for me, I, I know he's just trolling. Like, he's just straight trolling. You know, obviously he's gay, and I don't have a problem with him being gay. You know, I think there's a, a homophobic, like, kind of community who watches uh, um, Lil Nas X, and they just want him to fail because of that. Me, the trolling ain't that effective because Lil Nas X trolling only works if you're triggered. It's not that funny. Like, sometimes it's funny. But it works if you're triggered. So if you're triggered by seeing a man saying he's pregnant, you're going to give it attention. And by the way, the best way to get it, yo, your haters and the people who dislike you will always discuss you way more than the people who like you, bro. 100%. 100 fucking thousand percent. So that's why when people say, "Act, why you're part of the, they've been using Kwame Brown's quote. You're part of the get along, go along, or go along, get along gang. What do y'all think it's talking about? Because I'm not mad that somebody's actually being themselves, and I realize them being themselves got nothing to do with me, and I don't need to hate it. Right? So Lil Nas X, though, he has gotten a lot of promotion. And by the way, we could be clear and be honest and be fair. Like, when, when people say, yo, act, but there's an agenda. Okay, this is what they really mean, right? And I see a lot of people acting like there's not. There's been a unfair representation of, you know, just sexuality in music, film, TV, entertainment, right? And it's like when trying to, it's like female rights in a, in a sense. When women didn't have the same rights as guys, in order to equalize it, Sometimes certain people, it, sometimes it seems like an agenda just to suppress males, right? And sometimes it is, and sometimes it's not. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's just trying to even it out. Hey, listen, yo, there's a lot of people who are homosexual. Why can't they have representation in music, right? And then there's an agenda, and this is where the, I, I could call the agenda out a bit. There is an agenda of, hey, listen, let's put these things in front of you, okay? That before you never seen it, but it, it's, it's a lot way heavier now way heavier like man let me see how i can say this without get canceled actually it's off the record come on man anyway what i mean is like putting the image out it's like it's not about representation anymore it's all it's, it becomes about dominance like yo we have to show you this 
in abundance more than any other thing you're seeing when it comes to sexuality, which I look at it and I'm like, yo, all right, chill. I'm not on Boosie's point, you know what I mean? Because Boosie, I think Boosie's wild. Like, Boosie really, I don't think he understands what being homosexual is. But I do agree with Boosie. I agree with Boosie and Lil Nas X. Boosie says, yo, kids shouldn't be watching that stuff on, like, you know, watching sexual activities on or shows. I agree. They shouldn't. I don't think the kids should be watching, whether it's Cardi B kissing Megan Stallion, whether it's, um, Janet Jackson getting like whatever taken off her titty by Justin Timberlake, okay? Or whether it's Lil Nas X, like motherfucking tongue kissing some dude. Like either or. And by the way, one's lesbian, one's gay, and one's straight. If it is sexual in nature and you're having shows that's meant for kids to watch, keep the sexual shit off of it. You get me? But you got to be fair across the board. That's why I think Boosie doesn't get it. Boosie's like, nah, I love my strippers. Strippers could get naked all they want, but him, nah. You can't have it both ways, and that's and that's why you know we'll never get to a place of true equality. Because when you've had it good, like think about racism. For white people, like some people, they ain't even that racist, right? And that sounds crazy and stuff, right? They ain't even that racist. But they've had it, like for example, Rachel Nichols. <clears throat> I don't really necessarily think she's racist, but she is the product of what racism has caused: white privilege. She's had it so good. That she never had to compete with a woman of color. That when it's announced that, hey, ESPN is working on their, you know, social practices or whatever they're doing in terms of, you know, uh, um, race relations. So they're giving this this woman of color a chance that that might take her spot. She's up in arms. So that's what I look at with Boosie. Like Boosie, he says one thing, which I agree. Don't show kids a bunch of sexual stuff. But then... When you try to equal it, you be like, all right, cool. So Lil Nas X will not kiss no more dudes at the award shows. But also, Cardi B won't get naked and kiss other, other women. Uh, again, you got to be fair. Anyway, um, 155, I think that's dope. And I was talking about Lil Nas X because in reality, Lil Nas X did everything in the world. And he was projected to be close to Drake's numbers. And for people who say numbers don't, like, numbers don't do anything. There's a psychology of numbers. Remember I told you this, okay? And by the way, I really... Now, I don't want to soldier board a thing and all like that, but I'm one of the first people who started to, like, really let fans know about the projections and the, the sales, you know, like, really consistently that they can see, like, a really black and white view of what how good their artists are doing. Let me show you the psychology. Lil Nas X and Drake, Drake's third week for CLB, and Lil Nas X Montero first week, they were both aiming to be about like 155, 160. 150,000, 155,000, 160,000 first week copies sold, right? When it was announced that the projections had them close, I seen fan bases that didn't like Drake or, or thought their favorite artist was competing with Drake. They were like, yo, let's stream Drake. You know why? They didn't want Lil Nas X to win. It's interesting. I see fan bases team up. Like I follow a couple like, you know, chart chart pages. Fan bases team up to try to keep a rival artist. Like if their if their artist is, I don't know, it, like Ariana Grande fans might team up with Bieber fans to make sure whoever Ariana Grande's rival that Bieber fans also don't like, don't get a number one. If you guys get what I mean. You get me? So the projections came out. They were supposed to both do like 150. Drake ends up doing 170. 
You know why? People start streaming it more. No, we can't let Lil Nas X beat him. Because of that, Lil Nas X, his streams went down. Lil Nas X sold 130 or like 129. Drake did one, uh, 170. Again, it's a psychology in numbers. It's the reason why labels still buy followers for people right before they get them verified. Still buy radio plays. Well, radio plays is more programming. Um, definitely buy followers for Instagram. They definitely buy, you know, everything artificial, YouTube views, right? And they buy not only for, like, the struggling artists, for everybody. You got to make it look lit that people can believe it is lit. It's the psychology of numbers. And people, as much as they think they're making their minds up about music, sometimes they're just sheep. You get me? I remember even with X's fan base. I remember, um, you know, X was really big on, hey, listen, my music is for the people who are depressed. And I remember, like, there was talks and people had that conversation to say, yo, there's a lot of people who are claiming to be depressed because they want to be in that group that's part of X's fan base because it was huge. It was a movement. So you had people claiming they were depressed just to be a part of the crowd. It's, again, it's, that's the psychology. And I don't want to say with with that because those are little kids, so, you know, they're just going to move or whatever. But you can call it dick ride. You can call it whatever you want. That is the psychology of people wanting to be where the group is and the biggest group. It is what it is, okay? Um, yeah, what else happened over the weekend? Oh, shit. And right before our guest gets on here, could somebody enlighten me? Is NFTs a goddamn scam? I'm noticing these days, and, 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 and let me slow down. Anytime rappers start getting some shit, you know, so, listen, y'all ever hear about a really smart product from a really dumb nigga? And you're like, what? Come on now. Come. Not that I don't believe in this, because by the way, I also think NFTs are great. But when rappers start promoting them, now I said, is this a scam or a finesse? Now, there's this whole thing where NFTs are being created, like influencers and rappers are being brought in to promote it. And I've been wondering if it's like, you know, a whole like, you know, pump and dump scheme for like not only Ethereum, but just for like, yo, the companies that make them and the, the people who promote them. I've had a couple of meetings or not even meetings, but calls with certain people who were into it. Like, yo, act, you should come be a part of it. So-and-so is a part of it. So-and-so is a part of it. And I'm like, okay, this is the wave. Now, the people who are a part of it, like some of them, they're super rich, at least in my eyes. They got great teams around them, and I would imagine their teams would not let them be in a scam. But then I had to stop and think about it and be like, yo, act, what is a scam? Because to some, a scam is only when it's illegal. If you're in a gray area, it's not a scam for a lot of people. But for me, a scam is if you are selling the idea of people making money when the only person that pretty much ends up making money is you. So if you tell everybody, hey, everybody come with me and go over here, we're going to all make money. And you're the only person that ends up leaving with money and everybody else loses money? Scam. So I look at this NFT thing and I'm just seeing these ridiculous things that I'm trying to understand. Because like... You know, I'm having the Bitcoin, having to the stock market, but like, yo, this is a whole new wave. It's like everybody's thinking that money just appears out of thin air, like work don't exist. That's why people don't want to go back to work. Like, imagine making, like, imagine Dogecoin just turned to 100 bucks into 5,000. You're like, what the fuck am I going to go back to work for? So I'm watching this shit. I'm like, yo, this, like, what's really going on here? 
Because the way they're selling this shit to me, like, yo, yo, if you promote it like this and you get on board and blah, 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 this is going to be what it's worth at first. And after you bring the people in, it's going to be worth 50 times that. And I'm like, whoa, I could 50 times my money? Something about that sounds fishy. Now, I've been hesitant in getting into any of them, really, because I think it always comes back around. And maybe it's not like, oh, the Fed's locking up a bunch of people, but if it really is a scam and people lose money, more important than money, in my opinion, is the trust of an audience, the trust of the people who follow you and listen to you. So, I, first of all, yeah, I wouldn't fuck with me like that no more. And I would feel scummy, basically, saying to y'all, like, hey, this is how blah, blah. It was. So, I just pretty much stay away from it. But I'm asking if it is a scam. If, if it's not a scam, let me know. But I've been staying away from it. And the reason why is that, and I'm not saying all NFTs are scam. I'm just saying a lot of them that I'm seeing, there's companies now like, yo, have y'all seen this shit on Instagram? They'd be like, yo, hey, we're giving away a car. You need to tweet this and you need to follow everybody we're following and blah, 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 blah. And you'll get an entry into it and one person will win the car. Really, all that is, and somebody explained me the business model of that. The people who are on like this exclusive file list, usually it's like 99 people. They pay like between $3,000 and $5,000. So think, think about $5,000. 5,000 times 100 is going to be, what is that? Is that five times? That's half a million, right? They buy a product for 200000 right? They pay influencers 50000 Right here's fifty thousand dollars. They bought an item for two hundred thousand dollars, right? And essentially, the person who's an influencer is going to say, "Hey, if y'all want this two hundred thousand dollar item, all my followers, y'all need to go follow these ninety nine people." Now, the company or whoever who set it up, they already banked half the profit, right? Because they got five hundred thousand from the like the little membership fee, half a million for the membership fee, and they only spent like about two hundred fifty thousand. The people who are on this list, their only satisfaction is to get real followers who are engaged. So they'll target, oh, yo, 6ix9ine has an active fan base. Well, Uzi has an active fan base. Um, um, like, if they could do a young boy, they'd be like, yo, young boy, here's the money. Maybe they'll give it more than 50000 obviously, right? And that's it. But it's, it's kind of almost, it's, it's a little bit of a scam, you know, it's, it's, it's really like you're, you're just kind of taking money to just pass along your followers. Because the real the, in, in reality, not saying they're not giving out that item that costs $200,000, the amount of people that's going to join, you don't even have a realistic um, expectation to win. So, who knows? Anyway. Um, I definitely want to introduce my next guest. And um, he'll be kicking me for the whole episode. He is the manager of uh, Corday. He manages or used to manage um, uh, Almighty J and also Namir. And he's somebody who I trust, you know, in terms of having a really good outlook on hip hop. We kick it all the time in terms of, you know, shooting the shit on, on the phone about like what's going on. He usually gives it up. OK, he usually he's really honest and he, he speaks how, you know, a well-informed, smart individual would. And I was like, you know what? You're in town. Governor's ball. Actually, we're supposed to have Corday on, but we're going to circle back around with that because Corday actually got to hit the stage today at a particular time. So, or actually it was, yeah, anyway. 
the whole point is this. Uh, he's going he's gonna to come kick it for an episode, and he will be back here after. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This break. Okay. For today's episode, I actually got one of my guys here who I frequently discuss hip-hop with. And I won't even say heated. I'll just say passionate. Because me and him, I think, I won't consider him a pain like me, but he definitely has his own thoughts and theories about the industry, and we kind of go back and forth, okay? I don't even know how to give him a proper introduction. Uh, what you guys may know him as, because, you know, after talking to him, I know him as much more. Uh, you guys might know him as someone who manages uh, Corday. You might know him from managing the YBN Collective. And uh, my man Ace is in the building, man. Ace, what's cracking with you, brother? Man, I'm chilling. Thanks for having me, my brother. Listen, I, I don't know if I, I went too soft on the intro, man. Listen, nah, you can gas nah, yourself up a little nah. bit. Yo, I used to see Sway do these <laughs> elaborate intros. I'm like, damn. Nah, yo, nah, he could. That's the best intro I've ever had, man. For real? <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Is yeah. it really, though? Because truthfully, yeah. you're not even like a guy who um, necessarily is on camera a lot, though. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I, I, I kind of pride myself on being in the background, to be honest. Um, I kind of have... a a theory where I feel like the less people see, the more they wonder what you're up to. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so, so you're not like a manager that kind of wants to be an artist. Nah, not at all. I actually take pride in like kind of being like behind the scenes. Um, so, I mean, look, everybody can't always, everybody can't be the artist. Who's going to be the fans? You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think the same thing co- goes with, uh, you know, how there's certain people in the industry, which has, should be the artist being in front of the camera. Right. And everybody should be behind it. You know what I'm saying? Outside of that. You know what I mean? Everybody just got to play their role. And I, I like playing my role behind the camera, to be honest. Uh, another thing I'm going to tell you what they keep telling me, this is not an interview, so we just really riffing yeah, and talking. Yeah, nah, but we just, we just bullshitting. I'm going to keep it real. You know who I feel recently? I'm like, like I remember when DJ Khaled, remember he was like, yo, we the best records. Yeah, yeah. Then after he popped off on, on Snapchat, he was like, I'm the best. <laughs> it's only me. You know what I mean? It was over about promoting any other dude. It's only me, right? right? Like, the person I've looked at on a managerial perspective like that, I'm like, yo, Wack 100 might be more entertained than his artist. Oh, yeah. Yo, yeah. Wack 100 is like a manager, but like now yeah. I look at him, I'm like, yo, he's a person. I go on he's Google. personality. I go on YouTube and yeah. I'm, I'm like, yo, what did Wack say about this? Yeah. Oh, shit, Wack is, it's just crazy. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, I mean, he, he he got a light, you know what I'm saying? He's been around the industry for a minute, too. He's seen a lot of shit, you know what I'm saying? But he has a light about him, so, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I don't get mad at niggas, you know what I'm saying? They really ain't my say, you know what I'm saying? But, like, I think that everybody got their own path and their own aspirations for what they want to do. And I think that Wack is somebody who, it's clear, he's clearly entertaining enough, so being in front of the camera, I think it works for him. You know what I'm saying? I think Clubhouse brought out the people behind the scenes. It opened up the opportunity for people to look at, yo, other job opportunities or titles within the industry, right? For example, um, who am I thinking of? Who am I thinking of? Um, also a manager, Meezy. Meezy oh, manages yeah, yeah. 21 Savage. Sure. Meezy's a superstar on Clubhouse. And, you know, he's just on there kind of, yo, giving a realistic breakdown of what happens in the music industry, and he has a little personality. Yeah. Why haven't you done that? Like, you know, Clubhouse is popping. What, what do you yeah, think yeah. about the platform? I went too? on there a couple of times early on just because I wanted to see what it was all about. It was kind of like the new wave. We was all stuck inside, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, 
you know, most of the people on there, it's a small business, so like we all know each other and shit, but I feel most people like, on there be capping. I be yeah. see, I be seeing certain people say they're, they're like the ANR of ANRs. I'm yeah. like, yo, who is this? But yeah, I don't know too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like for I feel like that platform, uh, from a personal experience, like I, I I would just you know I'm on there. All you can do is speak. You know what I'm saying? A lot of things can get misconstrued and taken out of context. And when you have a room full of people who all want to say their piece and yeah. shit like that, a lot of the times um, when things do get taken out of context, you don't get a second chance to necessarily make it right. I also feel like, just for me personally, you know what I'm saying, um, you know, my mind is, it's a, it's a tool. It's an asset of mine. And I feel like giving it away. Too much free, free content. Yeah, and I feel like giving it away for free on, 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 um, you know, a, a platform like that with in a room full of people who you may or may not know. I just don't necessarily feel like that shit is wavy. You know what I'm saying? Um, also feel like not everybody needs to hear my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Like some, a lot of people just maybe don't want it. So I feel like, um, you know, it just wasn't for me. But I feel like a lot of, I, I realized that a lot of other people, they've done really well on it and it was a huge springboard and a catalyst for their careers as well. Yo, as a manager, have you ever thought that maybe you should, you know, kind of fall back behind the scenes and maybe not, you know, certain managers jump yeah. to clear stuff up or and some, some managers, you know, to go to them for the info. Given the fact that, like, you know, you're managing, like, Corday. Yeah. You know, Corday's a very reserved person. Yeah, for when sure. When you do see him, it's for a reason. Yeah, for sure. It's usually really positive. If you are on that bitch just beefing all the time, it would look a little, yeah. it would look a little odd. Like, yo, that's Corday's manager? Like, yo, yeah, that, yeah. some joke shit. Nah, I mean, look, like, managers, A&Rs, if you actually move with your artists who are your clients, um, assistants, whatever, what have you. Like, that's all, like, essentially the culmination of the team around the artist as the centerpiece, right? And, like, we are who we stand next to, right? We're a reflection of our artists, you know what I'm saying? Like, all of those roles and responsibilities that I just named. So, like, if you're going to do certain things, say certain things, act a certain way, um, I do think that you should you know, be mindful of, like, the representation that that has on your client because they're going to hold them accountable. Yeah. A lot of the times, like, you know, we can go do other shit, work with other people, but, like, you know, the artist, that's all they have. Their brand is all they have. They can't just nice. go get a nine to five. You know what I'm saying? Like, they get one chance at a career, you know, um, and that's it, you know? So, like, they're going to be very selective over the people they have around them, and if, you know... If you're fucking off and doing dumb shit, I feel like that, it, and it falls back in the artists, I think they are going to start looking at you differently, you know, and yeah, I think that. No, no, absolutely. I, I feel like, you know, um, and we were last on the phone talking about, you know, kind of this year and just like the state of hip hop these days. Yeah. And I remember, you know, so my man Carl Cherry, he's over here at Spotify as well. Like, you know, Carl Cherry, you know, uh, he kind of said this and I backed it up yeah. and people were kind of like, not really mad, but if it, it felt more surprised and like, wait, what are y'all talking about? Pretty much he said, yo, 2021 as a year has kind of been a little bit dry in terms of releases. And I jumped in and I said, I'm going to be honest with you. I felt Dirk, Pusheisty, little baby, handled about the first third of the year. Then afterwards, there's been a lot of people kind of on reserve waiting and watching to see what Kanye and, and Drake going to do. Yeah. And and now that's happened. Everybody's trying to make sure they're clear from that, yeah. and they'll pop out there. We, we talk about the industry all the time. Sure. What have you thought about this year? Um, I think this year was interesting, man. I think that I don't think anybody really has the answers. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think that it's very subjective, also, right? Like you mentioned, Dirk. 
know what I'm saying? Shout out Dirk and Dilla. I think that they had an amazing year. It was clearly a breakout year for them. There's quite a handful of other artists too. Am I seeing it wrong? Like, nah, are there no, other? No, you're not. I, and I think that there was a lot of artists too who it kind of backfired on them. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, you know, let me ask you a question. Go ahead. Do you feel like real rap per se or lyricism? You know what I'm saying? Do you feel like that is having a comeback right now? I'm interested to hear your opinion. <sighs> That's a good question. I think there's a pocket for it. Yeah. Comeback, I would then ask you, comeback to what point? Like, wh- meaning, like, meaning like for a long time, right? You could say that like this like kind of melodic rap influenced or auto-tune driven um, kind of style of rap has been, it's been like the forefront trend for a while now in hip hop. So I think I, I get what you're saying. That lyricism is becoming more of a trend again. Like, I don't think it's lyricism necessarily. I think it's content. You could be able to carry whatever you're doing with mel- with melody and just it sounding good. I think people want to hear some shit now, and whether right. that is okay, yeah. and whether that's you know lyrical rappers usually do it better. Yeah, but yeah. whether it's you singing your pain and telling your story, they want something real. So what I would say is, I think that during the pandemic, artists who make music that is driven from conceptuality and substance. They've had a real moment, and I think that it's still happening because yeah. people had time to sit back and digest music. Be- people weren't outside anymore; like it wasn't fa- what I call fast food music because you can consume it really quick and then you can forget about it just as easily. Um, now, again, music is subjective, right? So, for some people, w- what they deem to be music that can come and go, and might- those might be other per- other people's favorite records. But I do hold think- on. Let's get specific, though. What do you be listening to? Because what do I I- to? people want to know, like, yo, yeah, I be yeah. like, I always think about like TD. I'm like, yo, is yeah, yeah. Punch listening to like, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like little bit, like is he listening yeah. to like the turn up, turn up stuff, yeah. or he listening to people in his lane? What do you listen to? Yeah. Man, I listen to a lot of shit, bro. Um, I try to stay tapped into like everything. You're imagining uh, 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 I'm the mirror as well, so it's like, <laughs> like you're probably used to a mixed bag as well, right? Yeah, I mean, it just like it, yeah, I mean, I think good music is good music, and again, right? I keep saying it's subjective, but I do think that there like there's certain like sonics and just frequencies, and also just more so like the the message of a song. Not everything need to be super deep. Sometimes shit that just brings everybody together, which a lot of the time is the more simplistic shit. That's the shit that goes. So for me, like, I try to listen to, like, whatever just feels good. Like, I feel like good music creates and stimulates a feeling, no matter what. Whether it's you being angry, sad, happy, you know what I'm saying, fucking moody, motivated, whatever. So, like, you know... I listen to everything, bro. I listen to pop. I listen ace, to some rock. Ace, I don't necessarily say ace, artists. Ace, you know ace, ace. I ain't gonna let you be safe. I, I, I'll give the, I'll give the hot take because I've been saying this for a while. I, I really, think, fu- I really fuck I, with the new sound that's coming back, um, like jam band and like pop rock. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really like like what I MGK think. Twenty twenty one is the year of the rappers who used to make jingles, and and this is what I call jingles. Yeah, yeah. Hot, catchy, not really about shit. Which means it's it's super catchy, okay. super hot, but there's no deep rooted thing that's For gonna sure. connect the audience to it, right? Sure. Yep. So you bump it when you're drunk, when you high, yeah. when you bored, when you're on two K. Sure. Yeah. But after the wave is gone of that song being hot, you're not be like, damn, I need to go hear that again. Okay, now look, I, I think I, I think that's co- I, I think I won't say coming to an end, 
but rap moves in cycles. Yeah. We're moving towards, like, there was a time where all the dudes that were, that, that, that the swag dudes could rap street stuff. Right. Yo, I got my, I got, I got a Dior backpack on and I got like an AR in the left. Right. Like, it didn't even, you know, at first, for a period it was like, okay, he's, he's like the swag, he's like the swagalicious gangster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big now, time. people want to hear the guys who really look like they're doing it. Push yeah. Heisty, guys yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I think when it comes to catchy songs, that's, they could still work if it's really catchy, but people are looking for more Let content. Let me ask you a question, too, because I know that you would know. Was social media consumption at, at yeah. a, a much larger high during the pandemic than prior? I would imagine it was, right? Yeah, of okay, course. Okay, so maybe that has a lot to do with what you just said, right? Because now people have the time to really dive in and grab full insight into the story of the artist, which coincides with the image, right? So now you can't just talk the talk. You got to walk the walk in some type of way. People have, people have time to go search and do research and dive into like your background, your story, where you come from, who you be with, what you've done. You know what I'm saying? What it is you stand for. So I think that, yeah, exactly. So I think that the content now aligns with the music. Um, and I think that those people are the ones who really had like a big uprising during the pandemic. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I also think that those whose stories and images don't align with the music, they kind of had a tough time because it's like, what do you really stand for? Now we have the time to really figure you out. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I really want to have this discussion on here. What's so up? bad. What's and I, we kind of briefly talked about it on the phone. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, anytime I get on like a little rant, I'm, I'm not mad or angry yeah, yeah, nobody. Sure. I'm passionate. passionate yeah, yeah. Like, like, you got to realize, like, like this thing called hip-hop, wherever I fit in, like, yeah. it's paid my bills, it's paid yours. And, and like, I really, I'm Well, the one thing nobody this. can say about you, Act, is that you ain't passionate. Like, Thank I you. think that having an opinion is necessary, right? Like, who are we if we don't have opinions? Opinions represent our thoughts, our individuality, you know what I'm saying? But one thing nobody can say about you, and I've always told you this, you're passionate and you're necessary for the space um, because of that passion, you're not just reporting news. You're offering your opinion. You know what I'm saying? When you write captions on your posts, the people are there because, and you've been able to change people's opinions on music, have I? things, and people. Yes, you have. You have. And a lot of that is because of your passion and because people know that when they see a caption that comes from you or when they see you standing behind something, that is real. Mm. You have integrity within your brand. It's honest, whether you like it or not. You know what I'm saying, and and I and I would agree with you. I think that your passion is w one of the things that does keep you in this space, and you've kind of coined that for yourself. Yo, so Ace, like it went viral a little bit. I didn't even think it would go viral. Like I'm a, I'm a big Drake fan. If there was a bias to to be admitted with my platform or with me, <laughs> you definitely Drake, are Drake. <laughs> Drake's my favorite artist. Yo, we when Drake dropped his album, I literally. I, I, you threw a, you, know, you threw a one man party. Drake you're right, but well, well, he also like you know. Because of, you know, you know, a lot of coverage around his album yeah, that he didn't yeah. ask me for. He was yeah. like, yo, thank you for, you know, what you do. And I, and I said to him, thank you for, like, you're, you've been the soundtrack for, and I'm saying this as a fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, you've been the soundtrack. And I understand what people that grew up on Jay-Z feel. He's been the soundtrack of my life since right before, or, like, right at the point I'm in college. Right before, right in yeah. the, and I'm like, th that music has been the soundtrack of every high, every low, every disappointment every celebration and for him like i understand now why people are so connected to even jay-z but recently you know um and people are always trying to like pit artists against this this and third yeah. kendrick comes out on you know salute to my man baby keem on keem's song and he's like yo i'm right. smoking on your top five and obviously you know i i think you know with the drake and kanye thing remember drake has obviously some stuff with push d back in the past 
He even hearing those. And by the way, he didn't, like no way in no way shit before did Kendrick say he's talking to Drake. Right. But people are assuming like, yo, that's another reminder that whoever y'all favorite is can't fuck with Kendrick. And I, my approach to it was like, wait, whose top five are you smoking on? Right. Because I really don't think nobody of this generation in terms of rappers wants smoke with Drake. And what I mean wants smoke with Drake is that Kendrick been baiting us for the long time. What, what do you think about that? He's, he, yo, he's been saying stuff, but but it's almost like I'm at a point to say, bro, who are you listening to this point? Which top five? Name it. Right. Like, so you're, so you're saying um, you, you're like, okay, so like you're saying you wish Kendrick would just come out and tell you who those individuals are within no, the top five? I, I'm saying that. Listen, you know some people, they end up being LeBron guys. They end up being Kobe guys. Yeah. Or some people might be like, yo, I'm a KD guy over a LeBron. And Lillard. Right? You know yeah. Lillard's my guy too. Yeah. But, but, but then I always say, listen, it's only so long you could. I don't look at Kendrick as battle tested. Superior lyricist, not battle tested. There's been many other lyricists in the history of really? hip hop. What do you mean battle tested? I haven't seen you engage in battle with an with actual pressure being on and you responding to someone else speaking about you. You respond at your own pace. By the way, this is the first time you might drop an album maybe this year in five years. There's zero pressure. You know how much pressure it is when you get exposed, quote, unquote, for having on. help? When the lights is on. Like, like. Exactly. That's what makes champions to me. That's what makes the superstars. That's what makes people earn their legacy. Could you imagine all of a sudden, yo, Jay gets up and he just hears ether. That's one of the things about ether. Came out kind of the blue. Yo, Acumon, nigga, this is a, that's a bold statement, though. Kendrick, man, Kendrick. Is he battle tested, to be honest? Yeah. How? I think, I think the battle is, like, the fact that he's had... But it's probably been almost ten years now, right? Kendrick, yeah, yeah. He, when you he, when you have like let's say let's say ten years, right? When you have a ten year career where you've only been rapping, like he hasn't been like singing and doing other like shit. Like he's he's been just like don't do that rapping his whole wait, career, wait, bro. Why do you say the singing? Yo, no, nah, that's just, the just, worst just, knock I've ever heard people. Yo, no, 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 as okay, much no, as no, no, yo, no, no, Drake does no, 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 two wait. careers. Hold on, well, let me clear this up. Okay, because I I wasn't even comparing him to Drake in that instance. Okay, was, let me get let me lay my plan right. I'm yeah. just saying for ten years, Kendrick's just been rapping, just rapping his ass off. He hasn't been doing anything, you know, anything else. Yeah, he experiments with his voice, but Kendrick's a rapper. You know what I'm saying? We know that. We identify him as that. He's made hits rapping. Okay, you, you keep see, using his rapping criteria. No, 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 listen, hold on, listen. We've seen him come on other people's records, body day records, rapping. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, we've seen him do freestyles. He had like he has like a signature moment in hip hop in the at the BET Awards. Okay, okay. Cypher, like, I, I think you're going elsewhere with that. That was a okay. moment. Like I want to say, Kendrick hasn't been battle tested. I get the I get the context in which you're using it as yeah, but I also think that that's a part of his strategy as a star because I do believe that artists reach a certain point. In their careers, and they don't have to. It's it's a choice, but I do believe. Isn't it important for for an artist to be battle tested at some point, though? Well, I think that the battle, though, to what I was getting at, is like the fact that he's withstood the test of time. No, he's rapping, a great musician. Like rapping. He's a, no, he's a great, great. He's an amazing rapper. Too. Okay, I everything you said about Kendrick, I'm listening, and I was thinking I could say about Drake. Drake yeah, has body map features I mean, they're both, they're rapping. He's not yeah. hopping on niggas' features just singing yeah. all the time. Yeah. Everything you're yeah, saying... They're both great, bro. They're, I mean, you know... They're... Yo, just... 
I always say to people who be like, yo, well, you know what? We're going to use an asterisk against, yeah. you know, uh, um, Drake that, yo, Pusha T, blah, blah, blah. And, and some people give yeah. the battle to Pusha T, right? But, I mean, even if you think about Jay-Z, some people might give that battle to Nas. Right. The point is this. They hopped in the ring. Yeah, and the, yeah, thing yeah. About, the thing about hip-hop, it is a contact sport. That's why even last night, or it, well, I posted this morning, yeah. J. Cole brings out Drake, and I'm like, I think Drake and Kendrick have done a perfect job of neutralizing um, J. Cole. Or maybe that's his personality. <laughs> Seriously. They've neutralized him. Like, I mean, I'll say, I'll say. yo, he went on record and said, yo, they say, they say I got the bronze, but to be honest, I fuck with the two dudes who came before me. I'm like, what? Yo, could you? Yo, I love you, buddy. You a funny nigga, bro. Yo, 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 I'm used to hip-hop gladiators. Yeah, yeah, I'll say this, though. Those three, like, they've, they've achieved, like, I think, I think all artists aspire to ultimately reach the pinnacles that they've reached as artists. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I don't think that any one of those three are losing in the least bit. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be number three. That, I think that if you compare the three of them, you have to also consider that they each bring different qualities that they do better than each other. Ace, but at the end of the Ace, day, I, don't be, top, you know, I came in here today, and first thing I said to my dude, yeah. it's not like I was about to deliver an announcement about a death. I said, yo, we're number two. Like, yo, it felt wrong. I'm serious, though. Yeah. All right. Regardless of that, and, and I get, get yeah. your point, how do you rank the top three? I mean, like in rap, like of all time, or like no, no, currently like because I'm, I'm going into another discussion because, and that's a real discussion we had. It was just about the current yeah. new wave and yeah. what that top three is going to yeah. be. But I want to know what do you think? Because again, respectfully for all those individuals, they're into their thirties and. We yeah. have to look forward at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think that top three is? And you could base it over any type like of criteria. The next three coming up? No, like not the next three. The right now three. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that if you just look at like, you know. Or like, the last 10 years. The last 10 years. Last 10 years? Yeah. Last 10 years, man. Yeah, I mean, Drake, for sure. Are you giving him one? I mean, you got Nah, you, you got to <laughs> You got to give rankings. I mean, look, you want me to be honest with you? Yeah. Right? Like, like, um. For me personally, if you're talking about 10 years, you know what I'm saying? Like, 10 years ago, shit, I was like a freshman in college, right? So, like, I'm not even in the music industry. I was hoping. So, like. In 2011? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. You were a freshman in 2011? Nah. Uh, nah, I was a sophomore in 2011. I was a sophomore. Oh, shit. Yeah, He's younger than me. I thought. Ace, yes. I thought you was, I'm like, yo, it's a grown-ass man, yo. I mean, I'm a grown man. I'm an adult, bro. It's just, you know what I'm saying? All right, all right. Okay, yeah. okay, cool. So, so really, oh, like. Oh, so what I was going to get at, right? The conversation like, we're having, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The age group of you and me, like, it's like the definition who, like, as I said, I grew up on a lot of Drake. Yeah, I, yeah We exactly. had, we had experiences as men I grew up with on that Jay as a soundtrack. And, and, you know, like the locks and Mob Deep and all that. I grew up on that. Younger. But, yeah, but, but like, like when you're becoming a man, exactly. My transitional years that ultimately like were starting to define me yeah. and who I will become as a man. Like, yeah, you know, like you know Drake, Cole, and like somebody, you know, those yeah. guys. Like, I was listening to them. You know what I'm saying? Give me the ranking, bro. I think, um, man, it's tough, bro. Because you know, to be honest with you, and this is me being completely sincere. Like, all three of them niggas do oh, different God. things. You're right. Like, like but, for real, for real, bro. But it's, give me your give me your ranking. As how you prioritize it. 
Man, I'm gonna be honest. Act, I can't even do it, bro. Like, I, like, you know what I'm saying? I, I can't. I can't do it. I, th- I would Yo, say Ace trying to make sure that Drake feature for Corday <laughs> is not going nowhere. Nah, nah, you know Yo, and mean? by the way, I can see, I can see the K dot feature. I can see it. I can. Yeah. Nah, Yo, J Cole not even go mind. Like, yo, <laughs> crazy, bro. Yo, yo, nah, I, I probably never interviewed J uh, Cole. Yeah, but. Every time I watch him, and you know, I've had critiques of him over the time, like, but I, I loved how he, he killed 2019. That was this year, his year. And, you know, everything he's done since, I really like how yeah. he's tried to balance everything. Yeah. I always wanted to just figure out where does that lack of e- – think about all of the, 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 the top NBA players. Right. Even if you might say, yo, KD's not as right. whatever vocal as Bron or whoever else, KD has an ego. Right. They all have an ego. We even heard that KD was like, yo, don't ever compare me to that dude, Giannis. Yeah, yeah. How does J. Cole not have no ego? I think that, like, so this is the thing, right? I think that um, I refer to it as, like, a GPS, right? I think there's, like, a GPS within all artists who do this with a purpose, not just as a hustle, right? The ones who wake up every day inspired and excited about this shit and fall asleep again thinking about this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a purpose that's driving them. And I think that with all of the artists, primarily those three that you mentioned, right, they all have a clear and distinct, like, purpose of why they do this music. And I think that, and I don't know, by the way, but I think that for Cole, like, I think that he's just not in competition with nobody. He, that he's reached a point where he's, he's, his level of success, I believe that he's achieved it. And I think that at this point, he's doing this out of, for the love of it, for his fans, and uh, also because I think there's some, he still has some shit he needs to say within the, you know, before his story's up. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's what it is. I and, and I think that that's that's okay. You know what I'm saying? But I think it's it comes back to that that GPS, that compass again, that kind of leads you where you're going. And then when you you reach a certain point within your journey, where you might be like, I I think this might actually be the destination for that. You know what I'm saying? Might. That's just a different type of dude. I don't get it. Hey, uh, um, I also do want to get to... Um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and this is, was just the whole point of our discussion. It yeah, was yeah. just like, are, are we in limbo where we're hoping for the next generation of that big three? Or maybe it's a big four. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe it's a big two. Yeah. Or maybe it's like five artists where we're like, yo, they're all going to duke it out for the next 10 years yeah. on who's going to be the top Artists yeah. of this particular time, yeah. it's it's a dope ass time right now because like there's a lot of dope artists who who are, who are crushing it who are, I think who um, you kind of said limbo but I feel like when you have like the current, I hate using this fucking term too but I've been seeing it flow around for a minute like the rap Rushmore shit yeah you know what I'm saying I guess if you want to use that context there's the current people who like you said have been doing it for ten years and like they've earned uh-huh. that position at the highest level. And then, yeah, I do think there's a new wave coming up of people. And I think what's cool is that um, you have those top-tier artists in the in the Mount Rushmore who are now reaching back, doing records with those people, championing them in their own different, unique ways. Um, I do think we're in a transitional period. I think that um, the next couple of years are going to be, like, really, really special and defining for, like, the space of hip-hop. It's fucking dope right now, bro. There's mad competition. There's... um. This mad fucking talent. Hey, and by the way, just to be transparent to even the viewers, yeah, yeah. yo, my man Ace, he's on a very strict time uh, time restriction. <laughs> His artist is going to be performing at Governor's Ball today, yeah, yeah. even though today is Monday. Um, but 
you know, I just want to get to that prediction real quick. Yeah. Because I think we were trying to work that prediction out. Yeah. And it, it was a little hard because we were trying to fit criteria, right? We're like, yo, if you're going to be in the top three, we've never seen a top three without a dude who we felt, w- w- with anyone we felt wasn't lyrical. Yeah. Didn't stand for something. Yeah. Didn't mean anything. Yeah. Didn't really move. And it doesn't have to be socially, but really moved and influenced the people. Can we... Accurately even give like a prediction of top three. I said to you, we got to throw baby in there. Yeah. We just yeah, have to I mean, throw yeah, baby in there. Yeah, okay. And from there on, we were like, yo, we feel like there's a bunch of contenders. And maybe you could help me remember some of the names that we were even thinking about. I think we, we even said Corday. We said Corday, baby yeah, Keem. Yeah, yeah. And okay. it's, just, it's just kind of figuring out who's going to be that next wave of, you know, just artists that kind of change this whole shit up where they they might have to be a class together, but that's the next wave. Yeah. I would say they got to be in their twenties. Okay. Right. Because they have to lead. Who's who's your father? Who would you say when you look at right now, when you look at, um, cause, cause it's all about projections, right? It's like this. Okay. We're we're projecting something. So like when you look at right now, as I'm naming some of these people, it's gonna make me feel a little bit way about the three that we know because like I think all the three Kendrick Cole and Drake you're like yo they could body anyone lyrically they make some of the most amazing songs their their music is a little bit bigger than just what they're just making like so but but I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a couple names right so Lil Baby NBA Young Boy It's interesting I'm gonna put this next name into it, but I just see him representing something. And if it wasn't him, it would be the the baby. Okay. Jack Harlow. Okay. Are you looking at me crazy? Nah. I'm I mean The baby might even be in there still. Okay. But also I'm trying to fit other bills in, in terms of okay, cool. Who's gonna be the super, you know? Hey, I could destroy everybody. I could be in the club all the time, but I'm going to choose to represent a bigger movement. I think Kendry just is that, and that's why he's always be like one of the goats. And I'm looking at that. I'll I'll say something, and I want you to defend it, because I don't know if you'll give me a top five. I think that Corday could be there, yeah. But Corday's going to be in the same boat and same box that Chance the Rapper was in years ago. And I felt Chance the Rapper dropped the ball. For real? Yes. Why do you uh, elaborate? Elaborate on um, that. I, I think people saw the necessary skills when it came to um, Chance. Yeah. A lot of people said, hey, listen, if there was anyone who could be, you know, non-problematic enough, who could be lyrical enough, who could deal with enough, you know, um, who could basically touch bases on, hey, you could be in a club at times, you could be conscious, you could be someone propelling the conversation and the movement and just hip-hop. It could have been you. Chance was there. And I thought once he was there after Coloring Book, he did great on Kanye's album, Life of yeah. Pablo, and I felt he went all the way to left. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I'm going to quote one of the people who has always inspired me. Uh, Charlamagne always said, you got to give the medicine the candy. Right. 
You can't just turn like I get it. Kanye just dropped the gospel album, but but he had to get Jesus Walk Off. He had to get he had to get songs like Never Let Me Down. He had to have that moment where he's like George Bush don't care about black people. He could have just instantly jumped to that point. I felt like Chance tried to immediately jump to an extreme where he lost people and he became so marginalized. Yeah. And also the music just wasn't that good. Man, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean Chance. I will say Chance. You know, he's he's obviously done a lot of amazing things. So, you know, I I mean. For real, he's done a lot of these right. things as it relates to Corday. You know, Corday's. You know, I, I think Cord- he has a chance. Corday's in a lane of his own right now. You know what I'm saying? In the sense where, like, you know, it's 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 he. By the way, I'm not talking Cord- about success. I'm talking about running this shit. Yeah, yeah. Corday's nice. He's cool. He's everything. However, Corday, I believe he has to figure out how to balance it. You could be who you are, yeah. know your story, and also still know how to get everybody to tune in. Right. Yeah, no, nah, I mean... The best I preacher's going to... Dri- I'll, I'll tell you this, I'll tell you this, right? I'll, I'll tell you this, and I'll leave that statement at this. I think that the mistake that a lot of people make is trying to get everybody to tune in. And what I mean by that is this, right? The key to marketing Ooh. and branding is to find who your niche audience is and keep on feeding that. And eventually what you do is you become a monopoly within that space and it gets so big that it spills outside of that niche and it becomes broad. Mm. And the mistake a lot of people make too early, and I'm going to say this because it's real, they try to capture everybody. And there's a lot of influence around... Jack of all trades, bastard none. See what I'm saying? And there's a lot of there's a lot of influence because we're in the business of selling music. Mm. There's a lot of art. There's a lot of influence around artists to try to capture everybody. But what happens is you peak too early. You know what I'm saying? And then people hold you to that standard that you shouldn't even necessarily have to be held at. I think the story of an artist, right? The story that comes in chapters in the form of what an album is. You know what I'm saying? That ultimately is what people really want. You know what I'm saying? It's so easy to sell fast food. You know what I'm saying? It makes, it, it, it makes, McDonald's makes money while like every second, every single second. More than that, more than, more than that, that five-star restaurant in New York or Miami or whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? The local McDonald's is making more money. But the thing is that are the, when the people wake up the next morning after eating McDonald's for dinner the night prior, are they really remembering it? You know what I'm saying? They're not talking about that. But if someone asks you to, what you ate the night before, what'd you do? They'll say, oh, I had dinner at this place. So my point is, I think premium, having a premium brand, a premium purpose, a premium voice, premium image, I think premium will always surpass the right now. And I think that just in regards to what you said, you know what I'm saying, about what we doing, you know what I'm saying? I think that you'll come to see, um, if you haven't seen in the more immediate fashion recently of what's happened over the a short two years, but I think you'll come to see over time that 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 um that theory holds true. And if you look at the people who you who you fuck with, some of the people, some of the artists who you've mentioned yeah. earlier, that theory clearly holds true. Your niche sticking they, to they, what they, that they is. did that. They they, they went mainstream. Hey, about it, I've gotten like but the they fifth, went main, but they went mainstream. <laughs> From sticking to their niche, who, yeah. who yo, they knew their targeted audience with. Yo, I've gotten the fifth signal to wrap up. I know you're super busy today. Um, I do want to also add another name to that, you know, yeah. and and I think it goes right to your point. Um, I I think PG Lang is trying to create that with Baby Keem. Yeah, I love I love what um what what Dave and them guys are, I, are doing over there. You know what I'm saying? I, I like it. It feel, it feels cool and 
the, the only I, I thing would agree, I would say, I would agree with that. It, feel, it feels like they're like they're building like they're building something, not just putting something on the table for you to grab and consume. It feels like they're building something and trying to lead you to it. I, I would agree with that. The, the only thing I would say, even about that, is and and I I told you this about Corday yeah, too. I yeah. said, yo, Corday, you know, the Lost Boy kind of told us the story. Yeah, yeah. But also, that story still could be retold yeah. as the album goes on. You need people to buy in. Yeah, and like even with Baby Keem, I'm like, yo, I like how this looks. I like how this sounds. We got to buy in. Yeah, yeah. Like with Kendrick, we bought in when he said, yo, hey, I wasn't a gangbanger, but basically I was in yeah. the house watching all this shit going yeah. on. That. We this, bought in. Cord- Corday's young. He, um, he, he's a visionary and he's very, very, very calculated and strategic. He knows what he's doing. And I think that with the Lost Boy just being the first ever project, if you even look at some of the people who you consider to be the greats and look at what their first project was, you know what I'm saying? You could put ours up against a, you know, I mean, it was Grammy nominated, you know what I'm saying? And like people, it, it, it streamed every single day from top to bottom. You know say we don't have like that one or two records that's carrying a project. Which is good. It's, them, it's the whole body of work, you know? So, I, you know, just, you know, Stick around, man. It's the beginning. It's early. You know what I'm saying? And I get my seventh, <laughs> seventh cue to... Hold on. The last question. Last question. I, I, it would be criminal if I didn't ask you. Come on, baby. Yo, were you... Because, because you know, we just had... You know um, Annoying? Yeah. Annoying was just... Yeah, Mario. Was, yeah, yeah. Mario was on here for last episode. We talked quickly about uh, um, um, Namir. Uh-huh. And... There was some talks about yes men. Were you the yes man that goddamn co-signed um, Soul Train? I we did. gotta know. I, I I didn't have anything to do with that. Stop it! I didn't have Yo, anything to do with that. Even a producer saying he ain't got to do it. I didn't have it. anything to do with that. Yes, you did. That, you, you listened to it and you ask, were like, "I like ask it." That's not that's not me. That's my little brother. Yeah, like I love Namir. That's my little brother. You didn't I listen to the music before and be like, "Yo, this." I is had it. nothing to do with that record. That record. <laughs> I had nothing to do with that record. I had nothing to do with that record. Yo, everybody talks about like his poison, man. But, I had nothing to do with that record. You know what I'm saying? Hey, uh, um, you know, while we let, we're about to let you go. Um, any like you know you're obviously a manager. I, I see much more of you. Yeah. I, I, I see you running your own label. I, we saw what happened with Dave Free. You yeah. know at TDE, he went on and branched out to like you know do his own thing. Yeah, I got cool shit going on. It's, it's, it's you know. So how do you manage being a manager and obviously focusing on artists and the artist's yeah. brand, but also realizing that hey, you might have some of the insight and the knowledge, and definitely I get some checks too that yeah. you could probably. You know, start signing people yourself. How do you manage both hats or, I think or try it's to figure out? Open line of communication. Like artists are people before anything. They're 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 only artists when the lights are on. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and even then, the 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 greatest artists are fully aligned with who they are as an individual, as a person, um, not just as you know this image or this brand. So I think that it's just communication, just being honest, being transparent about everything. Because if you put everything on the table about what your goals and your aspirations are, and the artist really fucks with you the way hopefully you fuck with them, then they're going to root for you. They're going to want to support you. And um, ultimately, it puts you guys in business together instead of you feeling like you need to separate the two. Because when you separate the two, essentially, like you're kind of living a life outside of theirs. And that's that's the complete opposite of what a partnership is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you just lay everything out on the surface, and I think that um, you know, if you make them a part of things the way hopefully they're making you, uh, a part of things that it makes everything easier and things flow fluent. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I think that's all it is. You know what I'm saying? We all as individuals have to have yeah. our own aspirations and our own goals and it has to be out. You know, it, it shouldn't be limited to Obviously. one thing or one person. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's that that's, it's kind of counterproductive of like what our nature is, which is to adapt and keep on going. And then, you know, 
so on and so forth. So I think that's all it is, bro. Just transparency, being honest so that um, nothing can ever find its way to them where they question if they can trust you or, or why you, they weren't told. Yeah. Because all, all somebody in any situation around us can ever say is like they don't fuck with something, they don't like it, they do. But at least there's a clear line of communication there and an understanding that can be established. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yo, Ace, yo, definitely, uh, yo, even thank you. You're one of the first people I hit up to be like, yo, I, w- I want to rap with you on camera just like I how we talk it, on the phone. No, no bullshit. This is going to be one of the biggest, like, your podcast is going to be one of the biggest podcasts it just in the space, period. Yo, I appreciate, but yo, I also. It, it really is, bro. You say be watching so me, but I'll be watching. Honor, hey, listen, you know I watch with you, and this is the last thing, I, and I'm going to let you go because I know you got a million people hitting your phone. Hey, I've watched you, you know, turn parenthood yeah and match it with business yeah. and you know i'm gonna be honest with you i'm yeah. one of those people who are, who's still on yo listen the moment you have yeah. like that set family structure you have a child yeah. that's gonna slow you down it's not gonna yeah. you know because again you're gonna be pulled in too many different places and i'm pulled in a lot of places just yeah. like you any manager is right sure, bro. and i watch you and i'm like yo yeah. it seemed like it brings not only happiness but it looks like it, it it actually uh, motivates you it definitely does like my legacy is my my son because like you know when i'm when i'm gone my dad he passed like four years ago right and he actually was the head of the vocal department at berkeley school of music for 22 years and when he passed there was about four thousand people from all around the world who came to his wake and he wasn't even in the shit he got cremated you know what I'm saying? so like that's that's motherfuckers four thousand people from around the world who came just because they wanted to share their remembrance of somebody who was impactful and special to them and that was when it dawned on me four years ago what this whole shit life is really about you know what I'm saying like it's not the materialistic or tangible things that you have those can be passed down but then they can only be passed down again money comes in an abundance there's never enough you know what I'm saying um but the, the people you touch, the things you leave behind, ultimately, that's what a legacy truly is. That's what people will talk about. That's what people will speak about. And when you have a child, you realize that not only are you the provider for them, the end-all, be-all, the everything, but you're literally watering that seed. Everything you teach them, everything that they they see, everything you do, ultimately culminates to become who who they'll, they'll one day become. And you don't realize it until... And I'm a new parent. I got one kid. He just turned two. But... You know, it, it just puts everything in perspective when you realize what this is about. So for me, like, parenthood is who I am. I'm a father before anything. And everybody around me who fucks with me, including yourself, not only sees I'm happy, but they see how passionate I am about that, just as I am about my health, my music, um, you know, my artists, like, my career, like, you know, my relationship, all that shit. I just think that passion, if you're truly passionate about some shit, it's not some shit you could just turn on and off. You're going to be passionate about everything. It's in your DNA. It's who you are. And... That's what's felt before any before anything you do. You know what I'm saying? That's the energy uh, that's people dope. feel. So I'm a passionate father to that point. I appreciate that you noticed it. It means a lot to me. Now, of you know course I noticed it. Uh, yo, Ace, man. You brought uh, that up before, bro. That means a lot. Thank you. Yeah, no, no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you even came on this platform. I'm going to let you go because I know you got you got a lot of stuff stuff to do. We're going to yeah, reconnect. Artist, and obviously, me, hey, you come out of crib, man. The pool's ready, brother. I know, man. You man, I'm The pool's by, ready. Bro. You can't, you, 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 nah, but you, you can't you know, skinny dip in my pool, my brother. I got to be honest with you. Act if you there, I'm going skinny dipping. No, you're I'm not. Dipping your pool. Uh uh uh. Jamaican food out because hey, you're well, funny style. Not answering niggas from time to time. Well, first of all, it's we're on the East Coast and it's starting to get about 60s. Yeah. So if you want a skinny dip like that, go ahead, my brother. But uh, Act, you gonna be there with your big body, ass, <laughs> yo, <laughs> yo, I skinny dip. I live there. I do what I want. Come but on, yo, Ace, yo, 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 thank you for coming through, man. Listen, yo, much blessings to you oh, and yeah. much, you know, you know, support to everything you got going on and also, like, again. I ain't into the family stuff right yeah, now. I'm on my yeah, certified yeah, lover yeah, boy it's vibes. It's coming for you, though, bro. You getting too much money out here. That's that's 
You know what I'm saying? You, I, you know what? In the foundation of business. That's Before you convince somebody to trap me, let me get this <laughs> thing out of here, man. Yo, Come yo, on. yo, listen. Yo, Ace, my brother, appreciate Thank it, man. You, uh, everybody go check man. out my man Ace and also check out his artist. I, he probably don't even care if y'all check, check him out. Check out his artist. You know, uh, YB and Corday. Yo, you have Just Corday, just Corday. Yeah. Okay. My yeah. bad. Just Corday. <laughs> Why did y'all remove that? You know, different Maturation? Paths, that's all. Just different paths. Maturation, growth, that's all. You know what I'm saying? That's all. You are about growth. Yeah, I'm all about growth. Yo, you, know, you know, I don't even keep this going I'm on because yo, it's a lot of artists who like they're like 30 now, but they still kind of acting like they yeah. were 20 when they first came in this shit. Yeah, I'm all about growth. People when are I'm 40, scared I'm, of when growth. I'm 40, I'm gonna embrace 40, and I'm and whoever I am, I'll always be me. But I, whatever that version of me at 40 is, I'm gonna be happy to say I'm 40. You know what I'm saying? You ain't gonna lie about the age or nothing like that. Nah, fuck no, that's who I am. Well, I'm always bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you know, in the first five minutes you met me, it's the same as I am years later. Yo, you are. Change, 100%. Bro, you know what I'm saying? 100%. Yo, yeah, Ace, thank you for coming by, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. One of our much uh, um, needed but also great talks. Yeah. We'll definitely talk again. By the way, to. wherever you at, I'm going to pull up on you next time for if you're sure. not in New York. For sure. It's hard. Nobody need, come to New York no more. definitely need to come by the crib in LA, bro. We just need to link up in LA. I got a pool? Some shit. Yeah, I got a pool. Yeah, I know I'm gonna do. All right, man. Yeah. Yo, Ace, man, my brother, bro. Appreciate it, yo. Uh, yeah. Off the record, uh, thank y'all for tuning in. And um, listen, go check out my man Ace. He's been more than gracious enough to you know bless us with his present. Uh, we will come back on Wednesday, and you guys will see it on the episode with me and maybe a special guest. Okay. Until then, <laughs> make sure you guys hit the follow button on Spotify exclusively. This has been Off the Record Podcast with the Academics. I'm out. Do it.